0: Welcome back to From My Home to Yours. I'm Matt.
1: I'm Bernadine. And this is episode three.
0: The one where we show our true colours.
1: Absolutely. If it's all going to fall apart, it's going to be today, Matt.
0: Well, can't fall (laughs) apart when you're wearing sequins, (laughs)
1: which you're well known for. I am well known for my sequins. I do actually leave a trail of sequins everywhere I go, but I'm not just wearing sequins for the podcast recording. I'm wearing sequins because we've actually had a pretty big day.
0: hmm we just came back from a bit of a farewell get-together with my family. And, um, yeah, some people couldn't make it, unfortunately, but luckily we'll be able to see them a little bit later on next week. Yeah, it was two farewells, actually. It was a farewell for us and for my grandfather that had unfortunately died earlier this week. And I'd be speaking on everybody's behalf in saying that it's not too soon though he hasn't been particularly ill or anything like that. It was just a, an unfortunate accident. And I think everybody's just accepted that it happened. And yeah, so today's was a bit of a farewell for him as well, even though my parents wouldn't have said it was particularly for them.
1: But it was nice to have everybody in the family together and to remember your granddad and to remember his life, which was very long and mm. very, very well lived.
0: Yeah. And very cheeky.
1: And <laughs> very cheeky. He was, a, he was a ticket. But one yep. thing in thinking about this move, I often have thought and do think about your granddad, Matt, because he also was not originally Australian. He came here from Cornwall as a teenager. Yep.
0: That was a story we heard about five times every year. <laughs> <laughs> it was a popular one.
1: But even though... And I always think about this, even though he left Cornwall and lived in Australia for the guts of 80 years away from Mm. his homeland, Cornwall never left him.
0: Yeah. Well, that's why I think he was very closely attached to you, um, despite, you know, wanting to attach himself to you because he'd forgotten who you were almost every time we visited, (laughs) however infrequent that would be. But knowing that you were from a different country with a glorious accent, uh, he would be pushed back to, to those days to remembering, remembering what those days were like and how he came to Australia as well.
1: He would always ask me every single time that I saw him how I was, if I missed home, and did I want to go back? And then he would say to me, I'd love to go back just for a day. And, and I used to think, God, that's really, really tough to be in your 90s. And have left when you were in your late teens and to still feel the yearning for home, even though Australia was very much his home, mm-hmm. but his home was still his home. And even though there's nobody really there anymore, it's, it's not even the place, it's the feeling, I think, that he was longing for. So, yeah, it's quite a poignant time for this to have happened because your family are, are mourning. The passing of your granddad, but they're also preparing for you to to move away as well so it's it's an emotional time really for everybody
0: mm, it is but at the same time it makes me think of how privileged we are to be able to move back to your home where fifty sixty years ago definitely wouldn't have been as easy and perhaps your journey would have been a lot different
1: So true well, that's something that we have spoken about numerous times in preparation for this move as well, that Mm. in both sides of our family, we have had people who left their homeland wherever their homeland was and went to far flung places. Like I have family here in Australia and in America. I did have family in England. They've since moved back. But and you've had family from the UK come over here for a couple of generations, really. Anyone who left before didn't really go back. And now the current generation, particularly of Irish people, I think we're the very first generation, really, I would say, since famine times in Ireland, that actually has the opportunity to have a home somewhere else and then go back to their birthplace home. And that's incredibly privileged and special and lucky and unusual. And we're really the first generation that's getting to do it.
0: Well, you're kind of it, it's happening multiple ways because I remember when we first, or when I first landed in Ireland when we were moving to London, there was a very large campaign post recession to, to bring you know the Irish back to Ireland, and even ten years on, there's still the way we'd travel and exploring the world, and then people being urged to come back again. So it's it's interesting.
1: Well, as it's very much the case in Ireland that. One of its greatest exports is its people. Mm -hmm. And I always say, you know, there's between five and six million residents in Ireland and there's 70 million Irish passports in the world. (laughs) So that goes to show we do export extremely well. But I remember Mm -hmm. having a conversation with your dad about the fact that there is a minister for diaspora in Ireland and that's not really a thing in other countries. But there has to be a minister for diaspora in Ireland because there's literally a worldwide diaspora of Irish people. So. Yeah, I think, I think this week has brought up a lot of kind of generational feelings for different members of your family and for us as well mm. in that idea of, of a life well lived, but also a life created in a new country and, and mm-hmm. how home is always there, but home can also be in a second place as well.
0: So I guess maybe we should dedicate this episode to Keith. To Keith. Keith.
1: To Keith, and we again, love you. Keith,
0: we've got the teas here as well, guys. So, no mulled wine this week.
1: We're trying to keep it sanitary. Yeah, bless you, Keith. We love you and we will miss you. Indeed. Well, we've managed to achieve some things this week, even with the emotional roller coaster that we've both been on. Well, you particularly, it was your grandfather, but I feel like I've been tiny tears this week. So, <laughs> It would, have to be, it would have to be me who was crying despite anything that was going on. But what are some of the things that we've managed to achieve this week, Matthew?
0: Well, just a quick rundown of things. We've locked in the insurance for the rental and the tenancy agreements all the way 100% through. So we know definitely for sure that the house is going to be rented while we're gone.
1: Which is amazing.
0: It's a good thing to have locked in. We have been working pretty hard to clear the house out and slowly get things moved on and packed away and um, bought the suitcases yeah. for myself this week as well. Well, the second suitcase. It's a lot of movement of things and starting to make the house look like a, an empty house
1: again. Very true. And we also brought a carload of items to your parents' house today. Yeah,
0: maybe, maybe we don't advertise that just in case we have to bring another two and they're listening. <laughs> And <laughs> uh, so
1: we, we brought a very, very minimal amount of items, like enough that would fit in just like a shopping bag.
0: A thimble full of, you know, portraits and pictures. and
1: Incredibly useful things that would definitely be used by other people and not just by us, definitely. certainly. Very small and light. Like nothing. Like they wouldn't have even noticed that it was there. Certainly, certainly not. Um, and we also have started to distribute a few things to friends and family that we feel that they could use and benefit from. So mm. people have been so good. We've, we actually had a number of visitors yesterday to our house, picking up different things, plants and plant pots and a number of different toiletry items and a slow cooker. And there's all kinds of things. But what's really interesting about this, and this is something, well, we've really been trimming possessions now for it's... About six months, like we really did hmm. start it towards the end of last year. And unfortunately, it actually takes that much time, really, yeah. particularly if you're trying to get it to the right home. But also if you're trying to sell bits and pieces on Facebook Marketplace, it, it's, that's nearly a full-time job in itself, responding to different people who request to know more information and that people who are going to pick up and people who aren't. But I've noticed as we've been sort of trimming possessions, how freeing it is to actually remove things from your life and to let mm. things go. And that actually came as a really, really big surprise to me. How do you feel about that, Matt? Is it a similar feeling for you?
0: Well, the six months ago that you mentioned that we started coming back, I kind of knew that minimalism would become our new new mantra mm-hmm. because you want to have as little as possible and be as efficient as possible with whatever you keep. But I say that also being a hoarder like in in the last few months i've sold you know card sets pokemon cards that i've been hanging on to kept in immaculate condition for or since 1998
1: lads you wouldn't believe like matt had these cards since he was a literal child and they were like mint condition i was like you did not know me as a kid they would have been in bits
0: yeah and the fact that i had them for 20 something years says, wow, they're in great condition. You take care of your stuff, but also that I keep things and move them between houses for 20 years.
1: That's not a problem though, Matt. They they meant a lot to you. That's why you kept them.
0: It's a problem until you don't need them or don't want them anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's very difficult in an environment to get rid of those things sometimes because there's not a huge demand for it. And generally by the time that time passes, you don't know people who would like them more to pass them along to like things for me that i've been hoarding over time include video games and uh, different things like that that you don't really i haven't really needed but haven't had long term storage for so i'm keeping some of those things but cutting back what i definitely don't need is is something that i have been thinking about for a while trying to become a minimalist and fighting my urge to keep absolutely everything like a I think it was a 64 gigabyte hard drive from 15 years ago <laughs> because there was a computer I could pull apart yeah. back when I was in high school, you know.
1: Well, that's understandable though. That's totally mm. understandable. I think, I think when it comes to the kind of letting go, I keep thinking when I came to Australia like 13 years ago, I came with 17 kilos of luggage because I was technically a backpacker mm. and a guidebook. That's what I had, 17 kilos and Mm. I was trying to get ready to leave now. And it's like a house full of items. And it's like, wow, in 13 years, you can amass a lot of things. Not everything that we've amassed is doesn't have a purpose. Like we have a lot of very useful, purposeful items. But what I've been amazed by is for years, I would like tidy out a drawer, tidy out a cupboard, tidy out the wardrobe. And I take things out and I take three things and I put them in a charity bag and that be it. Whereas Mm -hmm. now I have this amazing ability all of a sudden, it's like it's like a a level up super skill. I don't know where it's come from to literally go and go, I can live without this. I can live without this. I can live without this. And it's fantastic. It's so freeing. And that's the way we've kind of been thinking about it. In a year's time, will we open a box or will we open, you know, a bag and look at this and go, what did we keep this for? I don't even want this now. Mm -hmm. And we did have friends who did a, a loop around Australia and who put items into storage and they said we're opening it up and going what do we have this for so I think it's a really kind of helpful mechanism to just go can I live without it if I can then it can go
0: mm. but we've got the barriers in place to make that effective like it's very easy to get rid of things and once they're out of your sightline, you're not missing it because it's not there anymore but when you You're in the position of having to decide whether you press upon your in-laws hospitality for your objects or a one-off few hours that you have with a storage, essentially cube Mm -hmm. that you can load up with a bunch of stuff once, and you kind of have to hope that's all that you wanted to store and put in there or whatever you take with you on the plane. Those three things together mean that it's very easy to put things in a pile that is, it doesn't fit into any of those piles. So you just get rid of it after that. Whereas six months ago, it would be much harder yeah. because we didn't, didn't have the panic. Didn't have the-
1: <laughs> It's true. The panic is true.
0: Yeah. And it's not panic. It's more- No.
1: Well, it's awareness.
0: Yeah. Super yeah. awareness of not being able to do anything with it. Similar to your, your feelings of getting rid of stuff, I'm finding that I'm becoming incredibly aggressive when people say, yes, I will take that. And then they might change their mind. Yeah. Like, um, not aggressive as in, no, nah, you're going to take that.
1: Yeah.
0: F- off. <laughs> if they want it and they indicate that they want it, I'm going to make it happen. Yes. That they take this thing. Yes. I'm not going to, you know, tit-tat around, yeah. try and figure out how to adequately convince them further. I'm saying, all right, you're taking this. Here you go.
1: It's happening. you happening.
0: It no takes
1: backsies. (laughs) The other thing that I find really interesting about this whole process as well is you're aware of where things are in your house. So I keep thinking, I'm looking for a pair of scissors. If I go to that drawer, that's where the scissors live. And then I'm like, okay, so what am I going to (laughs) do when I can't find the scissors because they're not in that drawer, because that drawer is empty? And you start to realise That you've become so conditioned as to where things are in your home that you're like, oh, gosh, in the next few weeks, this is going to be a bit of a a bit of a bedlam situation. Mm. The other thing that I was kind of musing on was we came home last night after being out on a great night with our friends and I took off my shoes and I put them in the wardrobe and I was looking at the big pile of shoes in the wardrobe and I was thinking, well, none of you can be here this time next week. I don't know where you're going (laughs) to go, (laughs) but your days are numbered. And it's that realisation that I'm still putting things away when I should be putting things either into a suitcase or into a charity bag. So I do think this week is going to be quite, it's just going to be on hyperspeed, just things are decisions are going to be made with split second accuracy. It's just going to be like, keep, go, keep, go, get rid, get rid, get rid. And that's kind of always going to be what happens towards the end of your time. The crunch is going to come that you have to just make those split second decisions and not, not faff around anymore, really.
0: Mm. But at the same time, something that I told you a couple of months ago was that I don't want us to live uncomfortably in our house in the lead up. Mm -hmm. So we we could have gotten rid of all this stuff in a couple of months, probably, Mm -hmm. and then had an empty house with no creature comforts at all. And not lived in squalor, but lived in like a lack of, dare I say, luxury mm-hmm. up to that time. Very Whereas true. for the past few years, we've had uh, the living room where we watch our TV shows or we retreat to our separate spaces that have the computers or the, the books that we read and stuff like that. Yeah. There's, there's a, timely, a timely way to deal with that stuff, but mitigating it to make sure that we have the creature comforts especially in the lead up to moving to another country for a year. You know, making sure that lived experience is is as nice as it can be. And what we remember it being for as long as possible, I think, is important.
1: It's true. And particularly, I suppose, given the way this week went with your granddad's death, you want to be able to cuddle up on the couch together and watch a TV show, not cuddle up on the floor when there's no couch left anymore. Like this week, I think particularly we sort of needed the embrace of our home in as cosy a possible way, just because of the way the week went. And so I don't think either of us are upset about the fact that it still looks homely to a degree. Mm-hmm. But by this day next week, it's probably not going to look at all the way it looks right now.
0: No, but there's nothing wrong with that. No. We've stretched out as long as we can. And we're enjoying
1: it. it. Yeah, exactly. That's so true. Yeah. So it has been an emotional week for other reasons as well, Matt. There's been a lot of big milestone moments that have come up. Mm -hmm. You've had uh, your farewell from work, even though you're going to be working for another little while, but it just suited to have it this week.
0: Yeah, that was not emotional so much. It was um, just a chance to eat some food with a bunch of people and do the usual corporate thing where someone says, Hey, you'll go and let's do a lunch, do the lunch.
1: But it was a nice lunch by the same things.
0: Yes, it was a great lunch. It was at Hofbrauhaus in Melbourne. If anyone has the chance to go, it's great. And if you go at lunch, it's quite cheap. But um, the thing that everybody always forgets is eating that much food in the middle of a workday kind of ruins the rest of the workday.
1: Um, <laughs> Too tired to do anything.
0: Yeah, definitely <laughs> lethargic.
1: Sitting in a heap.
0: Yeah, but... Um, yeah, that just had a few people at it and we just had the regular combos. But knowing I'll be around and the fact that I'm intending to only be on leave for a year from that job and potentially come back in a year, depending on how, how Ireland goes, it's not like massive, uh, a massive fanfare upon my departure. Yeah, It's just business as usual with something extra on the side. Yeah. But if there does happen to be anyone listening who I work with, uh, some of the messages that have come from those people have been, incredibly heartfelt oh. yeah because a lot of the work that i do involves communicating information to people not just information but helping them learn about different things about technology i've been feeding messages through that to indicate that i'll be going and some of the comments in response have been
1: been really nice it's because they love you they think you're awesome
0: yeah that seems you to are. be the case
1: yeah <laughs> absolutely absolutely so they should
0: yeah so that, that's actually been – not to say that, that the people I work with closely didn't do a great farewell lunch because it was great, but I think that's the stuff that I'm, I'm really appreciative of over the last couple of weeks, and particularly this week, just people coming out of the woodwork to say, even if I don't know it, that I've had an impact on their working life to some degree and, you know, they're going to miss the stuff that I do.
1: Um, and I had a bit of an emotional end to the week. Uh, last week, because I was telling my students about the fact that I'm going, and it was a day that definitely had to be worked up to. Uh, I I knew when I was going to do it, I was going to give them a week's notice of the fact that I'm going for the year, and uh, I told my my small homeroom group first, and there were tears. I cried. Some of the <laughs> girls cried, um, and it was just yeah, it was it was a tough one, I think it was it's just the kind of unexpected nature of it because we're not on a term break or anything it's kind of you know just before the term ends and i think they just presume because i've been there a number of years that i'm going to continue to be there and you mm. know you obviously create relationships and you 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 know you want to nurture those relationships as much as possible there were a few very interesting and quite funny comments i had one student say um You can go, but you can only go for two days. And I said, that's quite problematic because it's definitely going to take me a day to get there. And then it's going to take me a day to get back. So I'm really not actually going to be there at all. And they were like, Mm. oh, that sounds fine to me. And I said, how about I go for weeks instead of days? And they were like, "Mm, "Okay." And I said, how about I go for 52 weeks instead of two days? And they're like, "Mm." (laughs) Mm-hmm. And then I did have a number of students and it was, this was something that I wasn't expecting, but I had a number of students say, you're not going to teach over there, are you? And I said, well, yeah, I, like, I think I will. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to earn money. And they were like, no, you're not allowed to teach anybody else. You're just allowed to teach us. And I was like, oh, well, I kind of, sorry. I got my, ooh. So it was quite surprising some of the questions that they were asking, but it was very clear that they, they understood that, yes, it's good to go back and to be with your family and to be in your homeland again. And so many of my students and so many students in the modern world have family in different far flung places or may have originally been born elsewhere. So they get it, they understand. But it was definitely a big day and uh, mm. at, it came at the end of an emotional roller coaster week. So it was, yeah, it was a big milestone to have kind of reached in this week. for Sure.
0: But you were, you were kind of waiting for it to come to pass as well. It's a yes. The burden that sits on you because you can't act on it, but you know it's coming. And you, you, you kind of knew to expect that kind of reaction just because of the way the kids love you, how much of a staple you've been of their education, no matter how long they've been there.
1: Yeah, I just, I feel like I'm exceptionally lucky with the students that I teach. They're just awesome people and I'm going to miss seeing them. I'm going to miss seeing them every day. I, I love teaching them I love being in their presence I love you know watching them grow and learn and change and develop and yeah it's that that was just a uh, it was like pulling off a plaster it was one of those things that had to be done and it had to be worked up to uh, and it's a relief to have it done but it's also a pang to have it done to know that the days are kind of winding down towards towards us being gone from our workplaces for a period of time but Mm. it's you know it's what happens it's what happens when you make this kind of move
0: well the great thing about teaching is that they never forget you and as a teacher you never forget them but if they happen to be listening which of course they will be doing so respecting yours and my privacy and all the other things that come with that then hearing you say that probably will just cement that thought in their mind as well
1: yeah i think they they know how much i love them and how much I respect them and I think that you know that experience of of being with young people at a particular stage of their life is yeah it's quite it's quite pivotal but I I always Mm. say if I have taught my students half as much as they've taught me then I think I'm doing my job okay but they've taught me more than I could ever teach them I believe so it's a very privileged position to be in
0: You've done an excellent job with them as well.
1: You're my emotional support person, though. You're the one who has to listen to to all the ins and outs of every day when I come home. So I couldn't do a good job with my students if I didn't have you as my backbone. So <laughs> thanks, Bob.
0: Well, it's funny if any of them should be listening. As much as I've just heard a nice story about how emotionally attached you all are, I'm sure if you've done something a little bit suspect... I've probably heard about that too. So
1: <laughs> There's no question. You get yeah. the rough and the smooth of every single day, definitely. Yeah.
0: But it's like like we've said it, I've said it a lot, that you could put anything that you talk about from work into a TV show and it would be definitely watchable. <laughs> it would be wrapped.
1: I think it would be yeah, relatively relatable for most people in, in the teaching profession, I'd imagine. I've been thinking a lot this week. Matt about my word for the year. I know that Matt is aware of, of this particular process that I go through for a number of years now. Not not the whole time that we've been together, but certainly a good few years. I'd say it's about six at this stage. And instead of doing New Year's resolutions, I pick a word that I will sort of live by for the year and it's kind of my touchstone for the year. And the word that I picked for 2023 is the word trust because I had a strong feeling. That there would be occasions where I just needed to trust the process, trust what was happening, trust the situation, trust that this was meant to be, and the unfolding that would come along with that. And there was a lot of situations that obviously cropped up this year where I decided to lean into trust, and that worked. But this is something that you don't know, Matt. Mm-hmm. Um, the other, the other big kind of pitfall I feel for me particularly is mindset. So if I'm not in the right mindset, I can think myself into everything kind of spiraling out of control. So, you know, if I'm not trying to keep my thoughts kind of positive or at least, you know, neutral, then things can go a bit awry. So uh, it's a week ago now since I broke a very small mirror in the downstairs bathroom. I was looking at my hair and uh, I was turned with the big mirror behind me and I was holding up the small mirror and I dropped it and the following day we got the news that your granddad had died and the whole week I kept thinking of all these different things that could go wrong and I I was like "You absolute idiot you've broken a mirror it does not mean that it's all gonna you know implode Mm. but for some reason I really struggled with my mindset this week and I really struggled with trusting that things were going to be as they were meant to be. If I just kind of stopped pulling a door that said push and just left things alone, everything would be okay.
0: Mm. But it's easy for that to happen. The common parlance of the youths today don't look at the comments. It's because like, it's a researched fact that the human brain will focus on the one negative comment instead of the 20 positive ones. So if one bad thing happens, you're just going to spiral into all the other bad things that could possibly happen.
1: It's true, and I think this week as well was particularly emotional, and so as a result it everything was heightened and because everything was heightened, everything seemed to be much more high stakes where it should have just been go with the flow, let things happen. For me certainly, I just felt like I was either sort of tipping towards frustration or tipping towards, I'd like to sit down and have a cry.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And yeah, which was, you know, ridiculous because it was your grandfather who died. And for some reason, I just felt like I couldn't cope with this week and I needed to be able to support you because you were the one who was having the tough week. But yeah, I just, I didn't feel like I was sort of my best self in the past week.
0: You shouldn't beat yourself up because it's okay to have off weeks. Mm-hmm. We all have them. And if you can't have permission to have an off week when you break something and there's a lot of things happening and a family member or a family member in law dies, uh, plus everything else that you're thinking about, all the plates that we're spinning, Mm. there's going to be less tolerance there for, Mm. for things that happen. So you have to give yourself a break. But that's why I'm here. So I can tell you to give yourself a break.
1: That's also why I'm here, is to tell you that you need to give yourself a break as well. You need, yeah. to, be, you need to be doing that as much as I do. Yeah,
0: that's why the relationship works. It's true. Because we keep telling each other to, to harden up. <laughs> Get over it.
1: <laughs> You're flying with galah. Yeah. we didn't have a dicky digger, don't you?
0: I'm not sure if I'll have to bleep that one. If you heard that, guys, it's because it's an Australian phrase.
1: God love <laughs> Al Stewart. He gives some of the best best one-liners in the world. Mm. One of Australia's greatest exports. Yeah. He's a good one.
0: Fruity language. (laughs) Please
1: excuse the fruity language. So what's next, Matt?
0: Well, for the next little while, we'll be trimming back a lot of our stuff still. We've got some things in the house that are still sitting around that we need to get rid of. Um, In particular, my computer stuff, which we happen to be sitting in front of now, I've had to hang on to as long as possible, not just because uh, I work from home a lot, but also because we're making an awesome podcast. So
1: so true. Um, Hard to make a podcast when you don't have all the things that you need to make the podcast.
0: But yeah, we'll be working on culling our stuff, making sure all our ducks are in a row. I'll be probably wrapping things up at work as much as I can and you'll be doing the same.
1: Yeah, yeah. coming into my final week. So there's a lot to, yeah, a lot to kind of navigate. Over the next couple of days, we're having our own small farewell with close friends happening this coming weekend. Yeah, so there's a lot there's a lot to navigate this week. There's a lot of like practical things, but also personal and emotional things that we need to work towards. Unfortunately, my canary in the mine has reared its ugly head again, so my sleep has gone back to being fairly terrible. Um mm. So I'm just hoping that I can get through the week with maybe tiny bit more sleep on my side just so that everything can be navigated because that's the thing you go, you do your full day's work, you come home and then you do another full day's work in the house trying to get things ready in the evening. So I'm just very aware of not burning the candle that you've waited so long to light (laughs) at both ends.
0: If you burn it at both ends, the candle you've waited so long to light disappears too quickly so
1: much too fast yeah you don't want a spark and then a fizzle you want a slow steady burn yeah that's what we need so just hoping that this week can provide yeah that kind of slow steady burn just to get things done and to also be able to i suppose have a bit more equilibrium this week and that i can support you a bit better in what you're going through in the aftermath of your granddad's death and just hopefully be a bit less of a Tiny tears this week, please, God.
0: You don't have to worry about that. But we've both got things that we're going to tick off lists and make sure we get done. And I think a lot of it's been done. I think a lot of it now is just arranging or rearranging the stuff that we are going to keep or the things that we are going to take. And once those possession-y things are all lined up, it's just about making room for the, the things that will allow us to not tie off, but kind of farewell some people and some
1: places. Yeah. It's all happening, Matt. Yeah, it's
0: been happening for the last few episodes.
1: <laughs> this is true, but I feel like it's it's so close now that it's you know, it's no, it's no longer a few weeks distance away. It's like within touching distance and mm. and looking around and and realizing that yeah, in basically in 2 weeks time we're not going to be living this life anymore really
0: no but at the same time maybe one of the the mental tricks that i do for myself that you could leverage as well is seeing that person in a couple of weeks that they are going to have a house completely empty Mm -hmm. everything all stored bags will be packed they may or may not have traveled yet touch wood and that that person is going to be ready for a new adventure Mm. they're not going to have the pressures of the things we've been worrying about or will worry about for the next couple of weeks, that there is a point of relief that will be coming very shortly, focusing on that as a goal and then doing what you can to get to that person. That can sometimes really help, or at least it helps me.
1: That's a brilliant suggestion. What a good mindset trick.
0: Sometimes it doesn't work because if you're someone who is a procrastinator, then you love that future person because that future person will do all the things that you don't want to do right now.
1: They'll be the one that gets to it. Yeah. Mm.
0: But this time, future person has already done all those things. So it makes you feel better about doing the things now or not having done them now, but knowing that they'll be done. That's the important
1: thing. That's so true. Okay. That's what I'm going to work on this week, Matt.
0: Think about future relaxed Bernadine sipping Guinness. Do you think you'll Guinness up?
1: God, no, absolutely not. I could think of nothing worse to...
0: okay. Here's another image. Then How as a flavour. It's raining, pelting rain outside on a green, grassy meadow. Mm-hmm. You've got a banana lounge mm-hmm. set up in the living room, mm-hmm. overlooking through the window at the pelting rain, and you have a bowl of cooked pork sausages next to you. And like a Roman with a with a bushel of grapes, you just slowly inch a sausage into your mouth and take a small, delicate bite. And enjoy your relaxation time.
1: <laughs> that sounds almost X-ray.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I think with that, I think we need to finish this Why episode. I do
1: think so. I think that that should be the last thought that every single person listening has. <laughs> <laughs> <to. laughs>
0: Before we have to tick the, uh, the, this podcast is not clean category. I have been Matt.
1: And I've been Bernadine.
0: And make sure you light the f***ing candle.
1: And... Put a sausage in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Sláinte. Take care, everyone. Sláinte. Bye.